Well, greetings and salutations, everybody. Welcome to the best damn movie related show on the planet Earth, The John Campy Show. Coming to you from right here on my YouTube channel. I am, of course, your host, John Campia, and it is an awesome honor and privilege, as it is every day, to have you, our international friends, gather around as we talk about our favorite things in the world, movies, movie news, TV, streaming, all sorts of good stuff. And happy 4th of July to all of our American friends uh, watching the show today. I, of course, live in the United States, even though I'm can Canadian, but happy 4th of July to everybody. And uh, as you can see, we are going old school here. Uh, today we are going uh, just me solo just like back in the old days when I used to do it out of my spare bedroom yes it is the 4th of July which means I've given everybody the day off but I thought you know what there's a lot of good stuff to talk about here today there's gonna be people at home wanting their daily fix of the John Campion show so let's do the show today and uh, let's get it done even though it's just going to be you and me and uh, romantic uh, this isn't even Zevia today it's just water mm. now First of all, thank you, everybody, for joining me here today. I want to give you a couple of warnings, though. I am going to be doing two annoying things today. Annoying thing number one, I'm going to be coughing and clearing my throat a bunch. Now, for those of you who've been watching me ever since back in the movie blog days and the AMC days, you guys know about once a year, roughly about once a year, I'll get this cough, and the cough will hang in there for like one to two months. So I probably still have another couple of weeks of this. So you're going to be hearing me, you know, doing <clears throat> clearing my throat and all that kind of stuff. I apologize about that, but fuck it. There's nothing I can do about it. The second annoying thing I'm going to be doing today is this. Because I got to have halls in my mouth. Uh, these little lifesavers here. Now, the halls in my mouth are the things that are going to allow me to actually go get through and uh, do the show <laughs> at all, even though I'm going to be coughing, hacking my way through it anyway. So just a little bit of heads up on that. But anyway, guys, it's great to have you here as we do this little bit of old style here today. Um, and listen, I'm going to let you know, for those of you who are channel members, and first of all, thank you so much to you guys who are channel members. Uh, sometimes when you guys hit monthly anniversaries, you're able to send in a free super chat. Unfortunately, those chats don't get registered on my chat board for some reason. So if you send those in, I'm not going to see them. The rest of the chat will see them but I won't see them. So you might want to wait and hold on to those free chats until tomorrow when Ray is in, because then Ray can keep track of all of them. Just want to give you guys that heads up on that. Okay, guys, here's how today's show is going to go. We're going to break it down into two parts. In the first half of the show, we're going to talk about some predetermined topics. Then in the second half of the show, I'm going to take your live comments and questions. Now, the way you get a live comment or question is number one, well, you got to be watching live. Number two, when I get to the end of the main topics, I will announce that I'm opening up the Super Chats, and at that point, you guys can start firing in some questions, and I'll read those off at the end of the show, and <coughs> pardon me, I'll go as long as I can. All right, guys, with all that down, let's jump into a couple of off-the-tops here, shall we? And our first off-the-top is this. Now, you guys know probably one of the most anticipated, despite what you might hear some people in movie fan circles say. One of the most anticipated films coming out this year is the brand new Avatar, right? Avatar, again, it is the number one all-time box office film in history. Um, it completely shattered every record in the world. Another James Cameron triumph, all that kind of stuff. But we have been waiting for, I want to say, 32 years for the sequel to come. It's been a long time. This sequel, I will tell you right now, is coming too late. The sequel is coming too late. 
John, are you saying that this movie is going to flop? Avatar 2 is going to flop? Oh, no, 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 no. Avatar 2 is going to be a huge hit. I just don't think it's going to be nearly as big of a hit if it, say, came out five years ago, for example. But don't misquote me. It is still going to be a massively huge hit. Because one of the things you should never do as a film fan, you should never underestimate James Cameron. Right? All the guy do is create hits. Right? Two of the three biggest films in cinematic history are James Cameron films. He made my all-time favorite action film, True Lies. He made what some people consider to be the greatest sci-fi action film of all time in Terminator. I mean, the list just goes on and on. You should never underestimate James Cameron. So we got this Avatar sequel coming out this year. Shouldn't underestimate it. It's going to do huge business. Not as much as it would have if it came out five years ago, but it's going to do huge business. But what if Avatar isn't directed by James Cameron? That is something that is actually being talked about right now because James Cameron has just suggested that he may not direct future Avatar films. This comes to us from the folks over at Cinema Blend who are quoting James Cameron. He said the following. The Avatar films themselves are kind of all-consuming. I've got some other things I'm developing as well that are exciting. I think eventually over time, I don't know if that's after three or after four, I'll want to pass the baton to another director that I can trust to take over so I can go do some other stuff that I'm also interested in, or maybe not. I don't know. Let me read that again. Avatar films themselves are all consuming, apparently, because it takes them like a decade to do each one, are all consuming. Um, I've got some other things I'm developing that I'm also very excited about. I think eventually over time, I don't know if that's after three or after four, I want to pass the baton to a director that I trust to take over so I can go and do some other stuff. This, make no mistake about it, this is huge. This is huge. Because again, one of the main reasons that I tell people, do not underestimate how much business and how big this Avatar 2 film is going to be, mostly because it's James Cameron. I mean, James Cameron has the Midas touch. I know Cameron has said some things over the years that has gotten the fan community all tensed up and that's fine i get that but you're naive to let your personal feelings about some of the not so bright things that james cameron has said from time to time you'd be naive to think that that somehow undermines just how big his projects can be and just how successful a james cameron project is and i'll tell you what i bet you right now the folks over at disney they're seeing this comment by James Cameron talking about, oh, maybe I'll, I'll hand off future ones. Maybe I'll do number three and then I'll hand off the, the final two to somebody else. Maybe I'll do number four. I'll tell you what, though, right now. I bet you anything right now, there are folks at Disney. Because <clears throat> remember, Avatar is now a Disney franchise. There are folks at Disney after that quote came out, getting on the phone with James Cameron's rep saying, uh, hi, good morning. Um, What the fuck? excuse me, that you may not direct the future Avatar films? Explain yourself. Because I'll tell you right now, the folks at Disney, understanding the touch that James Cameron brings to these things, they are not wanting to hear that James Cameron is saying, yeah, I may not direct some future ones. I don't, I think that's no bueno. 
for the people at Disney. I think for them, that's a no-go. No way. Now, he may actually have the right to say that, but I, I bet you anything Disney's going to be on the phone with him this morning saying, can you explain this to us? Because we would really like you at the helm for all these. Anyway, guys, question is for you. What do you think about this? James Cameron is saying he may not direct some of the future installments of Avatar. Do you think that makes a big difference? Do you think it makes no difference? Do you think it makes all the difference? Whatever you guys think, jump down to the comment section below and leave your thoughts there. Okay, guys, with that down, let's do another off the top, and that is this. <clears throat> you know, in the world of Disney Plus shows, one of the ones that I was very excited about was Loki because I am a big fan of that character. I think he's one of the most interesting characters. Now, remember, this is prior to the Loki, to the Loki series. I think Loki is played by Tom Hiddleston is one of the most interesting, multifaceted, multidimensional characters that the MCU has had. Uh, a character who's introduced to us in the first Thor film that ultimately became about a guy who just desperately really wanted the validation and approval and acceptance of his adopted father, whose life becomes even more turned upside down when he realizes He's not even Odin's real son. I mean, of course, he's his real son, but he's not his biological son. And he finds out that he's Frost Giant. <clears throat> and when you have a character who is already struggling with his identity, struggling with whether or not he has the approval of his father, the love of his father, and then you introduce that in the mix. We see it drive more. Anyway, it, I think it's a brilliant story told brilliantly by Kenneth Branagh. I love the first Thor film. I think it is the second most underrated comic book film of all time. Only behind, you know, Man of Steel. But yeah, I just think it's a brilliant thing. So when they were coming out with a Loki series, I was damn excited. Really excited. At the end of the day, I thought Loki was all right. I, I didn't love the show like I wanted to. I think it had some major, major flaws. I still overall liked it, and I'm glad I watched it. But I'll tell you what I loved about it. The thing I loved about Loki was anytime Owen Wilson and Tom Hiddleston were on screen together. I think their characters and their dynamic were absolutely incredible. I loved the two of them together. Like any scene, any scene, where the two of them are on screen together and just talking, to me, that's when this show was firing on all cylinders. Like, I, I liked Lady Loki. I liked a number of the episodes. There are other elements that definitely did work. But to me, when this show was really living up to its promise was when Hiddleston and Wilson were on screen together. Now, this is interesting. A video clip has come out online that is basically giving us our first look at these two guys together. So there's obviously Owen Wilson, Tom Hiddleston standing beside him. They're both decked out in what looks like tuxedos or whatever the outfits are. They're obviously going to some kind of function. Maybe they're undercover. Maybe they're whatever. Whatever it is that they're doing. This, even something as little as this, to me, is very encouraging. That now look, for all I know, 95% of Loki season two will have 
you know, Owen Wilson and Tom Hiddleston not on screen together, maybe. But if you're somebody like me and the very, the thing that for you works the most in the Loki series is when the two of them are together and the very first bit of footage or image that gets leaked out is showing that the two of them are together. By the way, Mason Harris just became a, a director, uh, has been a director level member for three months. Thank you, Mason. Um, when the three, when the two characters that you are excited about the most being together, and that's the very first thing that comes out, for me, it's encouraging. I hope that Disney Plus and Marvel and Feige <clears throat> learn that lesson from Loki season one that have these two guys on the screen together as much as possible. Make it a buddy cop show for whatever it is. Now, of course, that might, that'll that depend heavily on what the story is, and I don't know what the story of Loki season two is, so maybe that doesn't fit the story. But that notwithstanding, I really do hope they find a way to put these two guys on screen together as much as possible. Anyway, guys, question is for you. What do you think about that? We got our first kind of glimpse of Loki season two. We're seeing Owen Wilson, Tom Hiddleston together. Maybe the show was your favorite of the MCU shows. Maybe it was your most hated. Maybe you're not looking forward to it to all. Maybe you're looking forward to it the most. Whatever you guys think, jump down to the comments section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys. With that down, let's do one more off the top here, shall we? And that is this. Now, one of the most, I think it's fair to say, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's fair to say that one of the most celebrated films of the last bunch of years that the fan community has really attached themselves onto was George Miller's Mad Max Fury Road <clears throat> with uh, Tom Hardy. It seems to me now I'm not the biggest fan of that movie. Like I like it very much. I do. I like it very much. And by the way, Isaac A just became an actor level member. Thank you, Isaac. Um, I like the movie very much, <laughs> but I wasn't head over heels in love with it. Like a lot of other people are, but there's no denying in the fan community. People love that movie and there's a lot of great things in it. Making a sequel to it, though, became very problematic for a lot of reasons. But one of the biggest was, of course, that Tom Hardy and Charlize Theron, the two stars of the film, hate each other. <clears throat> now, that's not behind the scenes whispering scuttlebutt. It is a well-known fact in Hollywood that Tom Hardy and Charlize Theron hated working together and they hated each other. And that sucks because they are two of my favorite movie stars. And I would have very much <clears throat> would have liked to have seen a Mad Max Fury Road with the two of them together again, but they're not doing it. So instead, George Miller, the director, decided he was going to do a prequel movie about Furiosa and it's going to be called Furiosa. And of course, one of the hottest actresses in the business today, Anya Taylor-Joy, is playing the younger Charlize Theron. So that's all great. What also became interesting is when we found out that Chris Hemsworth was going to be the co-star in it. And now we've got her first look at what Chris Hemsworth looks like. And he looks more like one of his buddies from Thor. Like, doesn't he look like one of the Warriors three? Was it Volstag? 
was it was that the character's name? Volstag? I think it was Volstag. Anyway, in this picture, he's looking a lot more like one of the Warriors three out of Thor than he does like a character I would have expected to see in a Mad Max movie. So, okay, whatever. I will tell you right now. I don't love the look. But I mean, remember, I'm saying that out of context, right? I'm not I haven't seen any footage. I don't know anything about the character. So for all I know, maybe once I see the movie and maybe even just the trailer, we'll go, oh, yeah, this look is actually perfect, right? This look is perfect. But for now, out of context, I I, I got to say, I I'm not big on the look. He looks more like the ghost of Christmas future. No, sorry. The ghost of future past. That's what he looks like. And by the way, our friend Initial D's just became a channel member. Thank you, Initial. Um, <clears throat> he looks like the ghost of Christmas present. He just, he looks more like, I, I don't know, maybe even young Santa Claus. I can't really put my finger on it, but for whatever reason, it's not totally working for me. And again, again, maybe once we see a trailer and we get a sense of the character, maybe then we'll all go, oh, perfect. No, the look is actually 100% dead on right. That's exactly what he should look like. But until I see that footage, I'm I'm going to be really that's that's the beard art you're going for with Chris Hemsworth in this. All right. I don't know. Question is for you guys. What do you think about the look of Chris Hemsworth in the upcoming Furiosa Mad Max prequel? Do you like it? Do you not like it? You're going to be like me and reserve judgment. Whatever you guys think, jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. Okay, guys. We're going to move into our main topics here now, but before we do, we want to take a second and thank one of our great sponsors who keeps me comfortable in all the private areas, our friends over at Manscaped. We want to take a second and thank the sponsor of today's video, Manscaped. Now, guys, you know I love Manscaped. You've heard me go on and on about the Lawnmower 4.0 and mm, that body wash. I love it so much. And so we got to ask, guys, have you started your spring cleaning yet? The carpets need cleaning, the drapes need dusting, and your lawn needs mowing, gentlemen. And you guys know Manscaped is more than just one product. They have a whole lineup of products to help you guys feeling, smelling, and looking your best. And so Manscaped is proud to present to you the Performance Package 4.0, which is the only tool that you need to keep your boys looking, smelling, and feeling good this spring. Now, to start off with, you get the Lawnmower 4.0. Guys, we have talked about this. What is wrong with us? Why have we for so long been using these terrible tools that were never meant for cutting our hair down there? The razor clipper things on our electric razors. That's barbaric, guys. You need the Lawnmower 4.0. And then there's the Weed Whacker. You guys have heard our own Ray Aura talk about this thing. He loves using it to get that hair in your nose and the ear hair and then they offer lots of other stuff like the crop preserver it's an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer the crop reviver it's a spray on toner for your balls and of course they've got the perfect grooming tool for your face with the plow 2.0 the perfect razor for the finest shave on that face so guys get 20% off plus free shipping with the code campia that's c-a-m-p-e-a at manscaped.com that's 20% off in free shipping with the promo code campia at manscaped.com it's time to throw your old hygiene habits and upgrade your life and thank you to our friends over at manscaped for sponsoring this episode 
of the John Campy Show. Remember, guys, you can find links to the sponsors and the promo codes down in the description of this video. And remember, when you support our sponsors, you're actually supporting our show. So thank you again to Manscaped. Okay, guys, with that down, let's now move into our main topics here today. And how do we select our main topics here in the John Campy Show? Well, it's really simple. You guys come up with them. Whenever you guys come across a big topic issue or story that you guys feel we need to cover as a main topic on the show, just go anytime, 24-7, over to www.thejohncampiashow.com slash contact. Once you guys get there, you're going to see a form. Fill it out with your topic or question. It's absolutely free. Hit submit, and then maybe, just maybe, you might see your submission featured as a main topic here on The John Campia Show. With that down... Let's get into main topic number one. And our first main topic today gets submitted to us by 2Minion, who writes, Hey, John, it's time for the Morbheads to move over. The Minions era are taking over as Minions Rise of Gru grossed $127.9 million over the four-day opening weekend and $108.5 million over the three-day weekend. Minions not only managed to outperform Pixar's Lightyear in one weekend, but also became the highest July 4th weekend opening ever. John, I can't believe I got to witness fully grown adults in Minions and office outfits arriving to experience peak cinema, and the memes this has led to are hilarious. Sorry, Morbius. John, what are your thoughts on Minions' astonishing opening weekend? Many thanks. All right, thanks a lot for sending that in, too. And yes, <clears throat> Minions... I told you guys it would do well. Now, I still think all the delays and all the stuff that that leading up to the movie, I do think it hurt it, but not all that much as the movie has come in and made record setting numbers. This comes to us from the folks over at Screen Rant who wrote the following. Per a new report from Variety, Minions, The Rise of Gru has smashed July 4th weekend box office records expected to reach 127.9 million by Monday. Based on those estimates, the film will surpass the previous record holder, 2011's Transformers Dark of the Moon, which earned $115.9 million over four days. Minions, The Rise of Gru, also very nearly matched, uh, matches box office performance of the first Minions movie, which earned $115 million over its first three-day opening. Once again, that comes from folks at Screen Rant. <clears throat> okay, a couple of thoughts here. Thought number one, I'm actually a big fan of the Despicable Me universe of films. I find them cute and charming and adorable, and they just make me smile and they make me laugh. Now, granted, I didn't like the last Despicable Me movie, the one where Gru comes across his twin brother. I, I didn't like that one. I didn't find that one to be particularly funny. But the Despicable Me and Minions universe... I mean, these things are crazy popular and whatever. So, so one thing I'm glad is succeeding. Number two, breaking these kinds of records is amazing, especially as like COVID cases are rising again and all that kind of nonsense. And we haven't ha seen the, the theaters fully recover from the COVID stuff yet. So to see a new movie come out right now, and break an all-time record like the July 4th weekend record, beating a movie like a Transformers franchise movie. That's damn impressive. And the fact that just in its three-day weekend, it almost made as much as the last Minions film, which didn't have any kind of theater slowdown or anything like that to deal with, is also super impressive. 
Here's the thing, though, that for me, that really stands out the most about the success of Minions of the Box Office this week. And that's this. The narrative that some people tried to paint about light years under performance being a part of, oh, well, I guess the animated films just don't do all that well anymore. Might as well put them straight to streaming. Has always been a ridiculous thought, right? Because even when when Lightyear first came out and had an okay opening weekend, but disappointing by Pixar standards, I remember we said on our show, guys, look, look at what Sing 2 did at the box office. And that's nowhere near as popular. Look at what the bad guys did at the box office. And that's nowhere near as popular. Lightyear is underperforming, but this in no way is a suggestion that animated family films just don't do all that well at the box office right now. That's bullshit. And to put an explanation point on that bullshit, Minions just came out, broke the all-time July 4th weekend record, almost matches previous thing, vastly outperforming Buzz Lightyear. Now again, <clears throat> To me, this goes all the way back, you know, in in comparing it to Lightyear, this goes all the way back to the very first time they announced the movie when everybody said, well, what is this movie? It's not really a Toy Story movie. There was a lot of confusion going on about it. And again, I think the Minions thing just kind of points towards, once again, the fact that animated films can do great if you clearly communicate to the audience about what they're getting and with minions, that's not hard to do. And by the way, uh, the super ranger mud truck just became a director level member of our channel. Thank you so much. Super ranger mud truck. So yes, animated movies have not gone anywhere and the potential to do big business has not gone anywhere either. And I think minions is a really good example of that. Anyway, guys, Question is for you. What do you think about this? Minions, the rise of Gru, despite all the delays and everything like that, has just broken the all-time July 4th weekend box office record and doing crazy business. What do you attribute that to? Whatever your thoughts are, jump down to the comment section below and leave those thoughts there. All right, guys. With that down, let's move on to main topic number two. And our second main topic today gets submitted to us by I'm a poet and didn't realize it. Who writes? Hey, John and crew, just John today. Well, Stranger Things season four, volume two is out. And I must say, I was disappointed, especially after a stellar volume one. While there were beats I really enjoyed, I felt these final episodes needed an editor to trim so much fat and tighten up the story and pacing. But art is subjective. I hope you enjoyed it more than I did. Thanks. All right. Thanks a lot for sending that in, man. And yeah, listen, you guys know a couple things. Number one, while I am a fan of the series, I am not the biggest fan of Stranger Things. I like it. I I just don't think it's this awe-inspiring, amazing thing that a lot of people make it out to be. But I think it's good. I enjoy it. I like it. By the way, Francisco Melendez just became a channel member. Thank you, Francisco. Um, it's, it's good. 
Now, you also know, if you've been watching the show, that I think up until volume two, Stranger Things season four has easily been the best season they've done so far. Like, easily the best they've done so far. So volume two came out. I had a chance to watch it finally. And I will tell you, Poet, I got to disagree. Respectfully, I got to disagree. I thought volume two was fantastic. Was it long? Yes. But to me, this is one of those circumstances where length is irrelevant. I thought the length of the final two episodes were completely appropriate for the various things they tried to accomplish in those final two episodes. Did it have a Return of the King seven different endings? Yeah, it kind of did. But you know what? I thought they were all earned. I thought they worked. Um, I didn't feel like it dragged. I, yeah, I was all on board for it. I thought it was great. I really did. Now, does that mean I liked every creative decision they did? Not really. There's a, there's a few creative decisions they made that I thought, uh, narratively, that one doesn't make a lot of sense. And I won't go into detail on that just because this isn't an open spoiler discussion. Um, hopefully, we'll do an open spoiler discussion tomorrow. Fingers crossed. Uh, we'll see if we're going to be able to do that or not. But at any rate, yeah, there were a couple of creative decisions they made that that narratively I didn't think made a lot of sense. But But those were in the vast minority. The most, the biggest parts of it all work great. I loved each individual character's stories. Like Stranger Things and the Boys are running right now. <clears throat> and they're both fantastic. And one of the things that both of them do so well is that you have multiple characters, and all the characters really get their own personal stories about what's going on with them. And the boys, whether it's Starlight and Huey or Mother's Milk or Frenchie or Kimiko or or Homelander or Maeve, they, like each one of them has their own story going and it all makes for an incredible collective. Stranger Things is very much the same. Whether it's Eddie or Dustin or Steve or whatever, all the Max, all the characters have compelling individual stories happening that as a group collective of a story for Stranger Things, all works together in beautiful harmony. There's not a lot of other comparisons to make between the boys and Stranger Things, but to me, that's what makes both of these shows just absolutely sing. Unlike, say, Disney Plus shows, where even the really good ones, unfortunately, goes, well, there's one character, and that's where all of our energy has to be focused. Maybe a little bit on the villain. And... It just doesn't lend itself to being as satisfying as a storytelling experience as you get out of a Stranger Things or The Boys. But yeah, listen, I'll tell you, as somebody who, again, not the biggest fan in the world of Stranger Things, I like the show up until this point. I thought it's perfectly good. I look forward to seeing new seasons. Season four has been their chef's kiss. This has been prime Stranger Things. This season to me has been Stranger Things truly tapping into its full potential of what it as a show can be. 
you know, the stuff going on in the upside down, the stuff going on in the regular world, the stuff going on with Hopper and Russia, the prison break, like all that kind of stuff. It just all worked together for me seamlessly, tonally. It's just been great. So uh, I'm just the, my one struggle right now, my one struggle is I'm trying to decide at the moment whether or not Stranger Things or The Boys is my favorite show that's going right now. I mean, Stranger Things is now done, but you know what I mean. Because we've got The Boys season finale coming up. I think for me right now, I might have to give a slight edge to The Boys. <clears throat> Just ever so slight of an edge to The Boys. But let's see how The Boys... Like, it's so close right now that if the season finale of The Boys that's coming out this week is just really good not great but just really good that might put season four of stranger things above it for me i don't know it's really really close question is for you guys did you guys have a chance to watch stranger things season four volume two you're all caught up what did you think of the series did you find volume two a little bit slow and a letdown from the first part were you like me and think nah man it just picks right up and it's a great way to end it whatever you guys think jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. You know what I'm going to do right now? I'm going to put up a poll at this right now. And I'm just going to ask you, Stranger Things, also let me try this again, Stranger Things 4 or The Boys Season 3. So which one are you preferring, Stranger Things Season 4 or The Boys Season 3? There, for those of you guys watching live, <coughs> I just put up a poll in the uh, in the comment section. I'm going to be very, very curious to see what you guys say. For me, it's very close. Like, razor close. It's so close for me. Um, right now, over 100 of you guys have already voted. 58%, it's close. 58% of you are saying Stranger Things Season 4. 42% of you, The Boys Season 3. Sorry, now we're over 400 votes. It's gotten a little bit closer. Now, 55% of you are saying Stranger Things Season 4. 45% of you are saying The Boys Season 3. Only 10% <clears throat> separating you guys on that. Now it's only 9% separating. I told you it was going to be close, right? That is, But how good is it, guys? Final numbers here. With over 700 votes, 54% Stranger Things to 46% The Boys. Thank you guys for participating in that. But again, it just how great is it that both of these shows are on right now? I mean, it's amazing that they're both so good. They're both doing such a great job. It's great to see it. All right, guys. <clears throat> With that down, let's move on to main topic number three. And our third main topic today gets submitted to us by Justin Seymour. And Justin Seymour writes, <clears throat> So, Taron Egerton added more fire to the rumors of the next Wolverine by confirming that he has indeed met with Kevin Feige to discuss the role. Adding to my own speculation, he was also on Kimmel last week, and the dude is buff, like the biggest I've ever seen him, and I don't see any other movies on his docket that would require that kind of physique. Am I reading too much into this, or do you think he could already have the role? All right, thanks a lot for saying that in, Justin. Who is going to be the next Wolverine? That's kind of been... I think the biggest question in movies other than who's going to be the next Bond, right? 
that's clearly the number one question. Who's the next Bond? But I honestly think after that is who's the next Wolverine. There's been a lot of talk recently about who's going to be Reed Richards. Yeah, that's that's fine because that's been very present with Doctor Strange. But I think the bigger question is who's going to be the next Wolverine. Hugh Jackman, who nobody liked when they cast him. Nobody liked the casting of Hugh Jackman as Wolverine when they announced it. What, that pretty boy, Broadway boy, the musical boy? He's six foot three. He's a pretty boy. He's a song and dance man. He can't be Wolverine. That was all of us, right? That was all of us. Who did they get to play Wolverine? Hugh, what? He's an Aussie who's six three, who's a pretty boy song and dance guy. Yeah, that does that's not Wolverine. And nobody liked it. Nobody liked it. And now we can't even imagine Wolverine being played by anybody else, right? <clears throat> like he played that role so well. And he just embodied it. He became our Wolverine. And I almost guarantee you, whoever they cast as Wolverine next is going to get almost the same reaction. They got that. That guy's not Wolverine. Like they're going to whoever they cast is going to get the same reaction. Now, one of the whispers going around has been Eddie the Eagles and the Kingsman's Taron Egerton. Now, this is particularly interesting because Taron Egerton's co-star in Eddie the Eagle, which is a great movie, by the way, if you haven't seen it, is Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman and Taron Egerton star in that movie together, which is kind of fun. And again, if you haven't seen Eddie the Eagle, you should really watch it. It's a really good movie based on a true story. It's fabulous. Anyway. Now, Taron Egerton, who has, I believe, tips in at around 5'9", is a little more height appropriate, I suppose. But here's the big thing. He's saying that he has talked to Marvel about playing Wolverine. Now, again, what Hugh Jackman has proved is that Wolverine does not need to be short. He doesn't need to be short. Um, there's not a single movie fan who's ever thought there's something wrong with this Wolverine because he's too tall. Maybe some hardcore comic fans, but average movie going fans, they feel no need for it. <clears throat> now, all things being equal, I wouldn't mind seeing a slightly more comic accurate Wolverine. I wouldn't mind that and lean more into his Canadianness while you're at it. Lean a little bit more into Wolverine's Canadianness. I think that's important too. Anyway. Taron Egerton is now saying he's actually met with Kevin Feige to discuss being Wolverine. This comes from the folks over at Deadline who wrote the following. Taron Egerton has revealed that he has been in talks with Kevin Feige and other Marvel Studio executives about taking on the role of Wolverine, previously brought to screen, of course, by Hugh Jackman. Egerton said the following. I don't think it would be wrong to say that. I'd be excited, but I'd be apprehensive as well because Hugh is so associated with the role that I'd wonder if it'd be very difficult for someone else to do it. But hopefully, if it does come around, they'll give me a shot. Of course, that comes to us from Deadline, quoting Taron Egerton. Okay. <clears throat> Again, what, what would I think about Taron Egerton playing the role? 
Well, I mean, first of all, they mentioned that he's looking pretty good these days. Take a look at this. This is Taron Egerton in a recent photo and him working out. Hey, hats off to the dude. He looks fantastic, right? Yeah, I mean, that's, <clears throat> that's not just a guy who's in good shape. That guy looks awesome. He looks great. He's kind of got a little bit of a Wolverine physique. Uh, could I stand to see another 10, 15 pounds on him? Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing another 10 to 15 pounds on him, but he can get there. Uh, he, he looks fantastic. As far as what would I think of Taron Egerton playing Wolverine? You always know what I always say about this, right? I don't care about X actor and X role. I don't care. The only thing that matters, the only thing that matters is, is the person they're looking at a good actor? <coughs> Everything else can be worked around. You can dye an actor's hair. You can put color contact lenses in them. You can do them up in the right costume. You know, it doesn't matter what their height is. I mean, at the end of the day, what all that really matters is, are they a good actor? Hugh Jackman became iconic as Wolverine because he's a really good actor. That's it. Nothing else mattered. We were all able to get over the, he's six foot three, he's a Broadway pretty boy. We all got over that because he's a really good actor and winning cures everything, right? <clears throat> and whether Taron Egerton would be my first choice or not is besides the point. The reality is, Taron Egerton is a really good actor. I'm not going to sit here and tell you he's a top 10 actor in the world. I, I don't believe that. But he's really good. He's got real legitimate chops. And again, watching him and Eddie the Eagle with Hugh Jackman, like that really takes it home. He's, he's fabulous in that. So I will say this. If they ultimately come out and say, this kid... He's 32 years old. He's not a kid. But this kid is our new Wolverine. I'm down with it. I'm totally down with it. <clears throat> but, and there is a big but here. I have one particular thing that makes this seem unlikely to me. One part of this story that makes it seem unlikely that he's actually in serious talks to be Wolverine. And that is this. Marvel and Kevin Feige always keeps this stuff completely under wraps. Marvel is probably the most secretive of the studios. You've seen other actors joke about, you know, when they're on late night talk shows and they get asked something about the movie and they're like, oh, I got to be careful looking for the little red laser scope dots on me. You know, Kevin Feige's got his snipers everywhere. That's the thing. He, they, Kevin Feige keeps all the stuff under wraps. I, I have a hard time believing that. If Taron Egerton really is in legitimately 
serious talks about becoming the new Wolverine, which I'm perfectly good with, I have a really hard time believing that Kevin Feige is like, yeah, go ahead and tell the press about that. Go ahead and tell the press about that. It's all good. We don't care. I, I, I don't know. So again, all this is fine. I believe Taron Egerton, it's just I, that one little detail is going to be itching against the side of my brain until we get total clarity on this, which is since when did Kevin Feige change his policy about keeping everything tight-lipped? When did Kevin Feige suddenly be okay with letting an actor go out and just talk about this stuff and their meetings and what they may or may not do with Wolverine? We still don't know what they're doing with Reed Richards, right? We still don't know that. But he's cool with Taron Egerton going out and just talking about this? Again, maybe he is. <clears throat> maybe he is. Maybe this is just Kevin Feige letting Taron Egerton say this stuff publicly to kind of gauge what the public reaction is. But quite honestly, Kevin Feige, and this is what makes him brilliant, he doesn't give a shit what the public reaction is. Kevin Feige knows what he thinks is best, and he's going to do what he thinks is best. And that's why he's so successful. But still, it just... It just sits a little bit weird to me. So, I don't know. By the way, I'm seeing some people fire in. I want Carl Urban as Wolverine. Here's the problem. I love Carl Urban, right? Carl Urban's fantastic. He was my personal guest. He was on my Masters of the Web panel at Comic-Con one year. He allowed me to be the uh, moderator at the first screening of Dread, and I got to moderate the Q&A with him and everybody else. I love Carl Urban. He's great. I love him as Billy Butcher and the boys. But Carl Urban is 50 years old. I don't think you can start your Wolverine character, your brand new MCU Wolverine, who you hope can play this character for 10, 12 years. I, I don't know that you can start with somebody who is 50. If it was a one shot, like if you're doing like an old man Logan or look out some doesn't even have to be old man Logan. If you're doing like a one shot Logan movie, <clears throat> I could totally see Carl Urban doing it. Totally. Can Carl Urban be our Wolverine for the next decade already being 50, which means the first Wolverine movie, the first movie with Wolverine, considering they haven't started shooting anything, obviously wouldn't come out until he's like 52, 53. I, I don't know that that works. I just don't know. Maybe, maybe not. But anyway, guys, question is for you. What do you think about, again, bring this up again. He's The dude's looking the part. Taron Egerton's looking the part. But what do you think about this? Taron Egerton is saying he has met with Kevin Feige and the execs of Marvel to discuss playing Wolverine. Do you like the idea? Do you not like the idea? Do you believe it? Or are you like me going, uh, would Kevin Feige let people say that? I don't know. Whatever you guys are thinking, jump down to the comment section below and leave your thoughts there. Okay, guys. With that down, let's get into our fourth and final main topic here today. And our fourth and final main topic today gets submitted to us by Studman Mike, who writes, Hey, John, what do you think about Dwayne Johnson's tweet that possibly hints at a Henry Cavill Superman cameo in Black Adam? There's only two actors in Hollywood right now with enough star power clout to make studios give them what they want. Dwayne Johnson and Tom Cruise. If The Rock wants Henry Cavill in the movie, Henry Cavill will be in the movie. I only hope it's true. Thanks and bring on the filthy. All right. 
<clears throat> thanks a lot for saying that in, man. And look, you all know, I alluded to it earlier. My deep love for Henry Cavill, Zack Snyder's Man of Steel, it is to me the single most underrated comic book film of all time. I'm not saying it's the greatest comic book film of all time, but it is easily the most underappreciated, underrated comic book film of all time. The film is brilliant. It is a masterpiece of the genre. I love this film. I love it more and more every time I watch it. I'm obviously a big Henry Cavill fan. His work in The Tudors, I thought was fantastic. Man from Uncle, his work in that, he's fantastic. His Mission Impossible role, Tom Cruise, he's fantastic. I love him in The Witcher. He's incredible in that. I am a totally in a bromance with Henry Cavill. I do not deny it. I do not hide it. Got a big bromance crush on, on Henry Cavill. I just think he's great, and I love his Superman. He's my favorite Superman. And I want to see more of him. Now, there's been a lot of talk going on in the world of DC and everything about what is what are they going to do with Superman? You know, there was a Michael Jordan Superman project. There was a J.J. Abrams Superman project. You know, all signs all point towards Henry Cavill isn't going to get another crack at it. All that kind of stuff. But there's been one thread that's been dangling for a couple of years now, which is this. Dwayne Johnson <clears throat> has mentioned in the past that he would love to see Black Adam and Henry Cavill Superman on screen together. He has said that in the past. Also, Henry Cavill's agent is Dwayne The Rock Johnson's agent. Dwayne The Rock Johnson's ex-wife is his manager. Still, is still his manager. And her other prize client is Henry Cavill. So that's always kind of been dangling out there. But there has never been a bigger possible glimmer of hope. Hope, ladies and gentlemen. The S stands for hope. There's never been a bigger possible dangling of hope for those of us in the Henry Cavill Appreciation Army. I'm just making shit up. There's never been a bigger symbol of hope than what Dwayne The Rock Johnson just put on his social media. There was a tweet that went out by a fan that said this. Heroes, I can't wait for this movie, talking about Black Adam. I don't care if there are no cameos in it, but if there are, and then, then he puts in the picture, of course, the Black Adam chest and the Henry Cavill Superman crest. Dwayne Johnson retweeted this. And in retweeting it, he said the following. From back in the day, when I was wrestling in flea markets for 40 bucks a match, all the way to now, I've learned to always listen to the audience because they will always lead you to where you need to go. I hear you, and I always, and, and always, I got you. <clears throat> Retweeting a fan basically putting out a plea into the universe. My God, can we have Henry Cannaville Superman in this thing? Dwayne Johnson retweets it. And by the way, uh, thank you to the Fresh Prince of Asgard who just became a director level member of the channel. Thank you, Fresh Prince. Not only did he retweet this plea of mortal man into the heavens, let's Henry Cavill be in this movie. 
He retweets it and says, I hear you and I got you. I hear you and I got you. All right. Let's say something very clear first. And that first very clear thing is this. This is not confirmation that Henry Cavill is going to be in Black Adam. All right. <clears throat> Let's just be very clear about that. This is not confirmation that Henry Cavill is going to be in Black Adam. I would love it if he was. I would love it if he is. But this is absolutely not even anywhere close to being confirmation that he is. Okay? It is not confirmation that he is. Would I love to see Dwayne The Rock Johnson on screen with Henry Cavill Superman, even if it was just like one scene, one clip, whatever? Sure, I would. I absolutely would. It would be a joygasm, the likes of which I could not put into words. I would absolutely adore it. I would absolutely love it. But despite the fact that Dwayne Johnson is retweeting a clear image of Henry Cavill's Superman crest along his own Black Adam crest, he's retweeting that and saying, going out of his way to say, I hear you, I'm listening, and I got you. It does not mean that Henry Cavill is going to be in this. Because I saw some headlines running around out there saying, confirm, Dwayne The Rock Johnson confirms that Henry Cavill is going to be in Black Adam. As much as I would love to believe that, that ain't the case. This is not Dwayne Johnson confirming this. But you will have to forgive me if I personally believe that Dwayne Johnson gave us enough there. Again, not just retweeting the guy, but telling him I'm hearing you and I got you. You would have to forgive me that while I acknowledge this is not confirmation, I believe if you are somebody like me who has been dying to see Henry Cavill as Superman again, there's enough in here to hope about. Like, there's a lot of times when a little piece of news that is obviously completely unrelated to a certain movie project and people go, ooh, maybe this means something. There's nothing to that. But I contend that this right here, this is enough to at least get a little excited about. Understanding this does not mean Henry will be there. It doesn't necessarily mean that. But I believe The Rock tweeting this out, this is enough for somebody like me to get excited. I think this justifies saying, I now have a little bit of hope that maybe this could be the case. I understand it doesn't mean it will, but I believe this justifies feeling some hope. So guys, I stand before you today as a man filled with that glorious hope. The hope that only the kryptonian s can giveth unto man. I am hopeful. I am hopeful. Again, I'm, I'm going to walk into this movie. I'm going to sit in the, my seat in the theater. And I'm not going to expect to see Henry Cavill as Superman. But I think it is justified to feel that hope. Anyway, guys, question is for you. What do you think about this? Dwayne Johnson retweeting that out and giving his comments. Do you think that does justify feeling some hope? 
Maybe you think it means nothing at all. Maybe you think it's a guarantee. I don't know. Whatever you guys think, jump down into the comment section below and leave us your thoughts. Okay, guys. For now, now that we're done through all the main topics here today, we are going to go over and we are going to turn on the Super Chats. There we have it. The Super Chats are now open and available. If you guys have a thought, opinion, comment, theory, question you want to send in, I'll just spend the second half of the show addressing those questions you guys send in. You go ahead and fire those in now. Now, before we get to reading off your comments and questions that you guys can start sending in now, we want to take a second and hear from another sponsor of today's episode. These are folks that I have used on my own editorial videos and my own personal documentary film. Guys, if you're into content creation, you need to check out our second sponsor today, the great folks over at Storyblocks. We want to take a moment and thank the sponsor of today's video, Storyblocks. Guys, I have been an enthusiastic fan and user of Storyblocks for years. I go to them whenever I'm in need of content creation assets like royalty-free music, video clips, or templates for my creative projects, ranging anywhere from little editorial videos to my very own full feature documentary. Storyblocks helps you bring your stories, videos, and projects to life without sacrifices due to time, budget, or access to resources. They have over 1 million different story assets, ranging from stock videos, audio and music, an in-browser video editor, and they feature pre-designed templates, animations, and outros. Storyblocks uses an affordable subscription model, and their unlimited access plans offers, well, unlimited video and audio downloads rather than a costly pay-per-clip model. With Storyblocks, you'll be able to create more content and more importantly, better content, all while using a subscription plan that fits your budget, utilizing unlimited downloads of demand-driven and diverse content. So if you're interested in upping your content creation game, head over to www.storyblocks.com campia and get started today. That's www.storyblocks.com campia. And a big thank you to our friends at Storyblocks for sponsoring this episode of the John Campia Show. Okay, guys. First of all, thank you, everybody, for putting up and tolerating the fact that I got this. It makes it even harder that I don't have one of my other cast in here with me because at least then normally on a normal show, I can throw it over to Rob or Chris or Ray and they can talk for a minute and gives me a break. It's been a little bit hard doing this all solo by myself, but I'm having a lot of fun. I hope you guys are too. So thanks for putting up with my cough and everything. Okay, guys. Let's now get over and hear from you guys that have been firing in the questions. We're going to get things started off here with, that's the wrong one. That is also the wrong one. Where am I going? I'm going to this one. Okay, first off, Donald Meeks sends in just a super chat badge. Thank you, Donald. Next up, Chef Rigo writes in, binge watched all of the offer yesterday. So good. And holy shit, Miles Teller is entertaining that A-list category very soon. And Dan Fogler was great as Coppola. He was. Now, everybody's, of course, talking about the guy who plays the head of Paramount. I keep forgetting his name. Who does, he is the highlight of the show. He is. But Miles Teller just showing just how good he is. Just how dynamic he is. Chef, I'm so glad you had a chance to check it out. I, I fell in love with, there's never been... I always, through the years, have had a lot of people ask me, John, what's the difference between a producer and a director, right? What does a producer do? From now on, I'm going to point them to the offer. So you want to know what a producer does? Go watch the offer and you'll learn. All right, thanks for sending that in, Chef. Next up, we got Sam Fisher who writes, did you see the concept art of Namor that came out from Black Panther 2? I don't know if it's real, but it looks pretty cool. Yeah, see, here's the thing. <clears throat> 
I have seen nothing that confirms that's actually um, actually official concept art. I I see a lot of people passing the images around, but I haven't personally seen any official confirmation that says that concept art is actually real. Um, now, let's assume it is for a second. If it is, it's very interesting. It's a it's a little bit of a different take on the character, which I love when when movies do that. So we'll just have to see how that all works out. Okay, next up. Um, Kara Black writes, the second Black Noir flashback in episode seven is the same event as the Nicaraguan flashback in episode three, because the dialogue is in the same, uh, is the same between Noir and Edgar, plus Noir's injuries match in both as well. I mean, that's actually an interesting thought, Kara, because my assumption has been that the flashback of the Nicaraguan scene and then the animated retelling were two separate events. <clears throat> you That's actually a really interesting thought. Maybe it's recollection of the same events, but maybe Black Noir just is, doesn't remember it quite as well because, I mean, again, his brain did get squished out of his head. So maybe that could be a part of it. Actually, that's a really good thought, Kara. I'll keep that in mind when I go in and watch the, uh, the next episode. All right, thanks for sharing that, Kara. Next up, Al Renshaw writes, what's your thoughts on Namor First Look? Again, no idea if it's real or not, but if it is, it looks pretty interesting. Uh, Caden writes, well, some things got old real quick. Falcon and Winter Soldier is still the best show from Disney Plus to me. Great development for Sam, Bucky, Sharon, and Zemo. Um, I, I mean, I'm glad you liked it that much. I know there are other people who feel the same way. For me, I, you know how excited, if you guys watch my show, you know how excited I was for Falcon and Winter Soldier. Um, it was okay. They did some things really great. Like some things about that show were fantastic, but it was mixed in with things that I thought they did very badly and didn't make a lot of sense. Um, I've loved Sam's character since he first was introduced with, with On Your Left um, with Cap. Obviously, I really like Sebastian Stan's Winter Soldier character. I was really intrigued by the direction they went with Sharon. I thought that was kind of gutsy. Um, but yeah, for me, it just, it wasn't great. It wasn't great. It's like it's like Loki, um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, you know, shows like the Disney stuff other than WandaVision and right now Ms. Marvel. I just don't think the Disney Plus Marvel shows have been all that great, although not bad, except for Hawkeye. I didn't think Hawkeye was very good. All right, but I'm glad you like it that much, Caden. Uh, next up, Al Renshaw writes, uh, I could see Denis Villeneuve directing Avatar. I don't see Denis Villeneuve wanting direct Avatar, to be honest. Denis Villeneuve is kind of like Christopher Nolan in the way that he wants to do his own things. And regardless of how great a director Denis is, the reality is if he steps in to do like an Avatar film, it'll still be seen as a James Cameron film. And I don't see Denis Villeneuve being interested in doing something like that. All right. <coughs> Next up. Selma McShave writes, uh, Walter Skarsgård, the fourth acting son of Stellan, is doing a series in Sweden about Leif's Borea Salming. Really? Walter have both uh, has both the look and the talent of his brothers. A series about Boreas Salming, number 21, ladies and gentlemen. Maybe the most famous Toronto Maple Leafs defenseman of all time, even though they never won anything with him there. But yeah, Borea, some people used to refer to him as Borea Bonehead, but Borea Salming. 
Really? I, I find I never knew about that, man. Thank you for sharing that. I appreciate knowing that, Stubble. Uh, Alex Mata writes, Happy 4th, John. What's the best movie to watch this holiday? Mine is the first Avengers. That's pretty good. I mean, again, I'm not American, so the fourth doesn't mean nearly as much to me as it does to my neighbors, so I, I can't really answer that. Uh, there's a great, you know, it's Tom Cruise's birthday this week, turning 60 years old. Um, he's got a great one, literally called Born on the Fourth of July. But, <clears throat> I mean, to me, the first Avengers film is the greatest comic book movie of all time still, so that's a good one to go to. Cutter Hale writes, going to see Top Gun, a sixth time best movie of 2022. I, I disagree. Like, you know, I like this movie very much. I've been singing its praises ever since I saw it a few months ago at CinemaCon. I, I've been absolutely gushing about this film. Um, Shakespeare it is not, but I mean, I really like the film a lot. It is not in the top three for me. Like for me, easily, easily right now, still the very, very best movie of the year is Everything Everywhere All at Once. Like to me, nothing else has come close. It's that movie in a league all of its own. After that, for me, it's The Batman and then The Northman. Those are my my top three, but I've seen Top Gun multiple times now. I really enjoy that film a lot. All right. <coughs> Next up, Josh Becker writes, The Minions marketing was stellar. I, You know what's funny, Josh? I didn't think it was. But I mean, obviously, it did do a good job because it broke the July 4th weekend box office record. But it's kind of funny that you mentioned that because going into it, I wouldn't have thought it did such a great marketing job, but clearly it did. Thanks for pointing that out, man. All right, next up. Sam Fisher writes, uh, shouldn't Hemsworth be on the press tour for Thor 4? I find it hard to believe that his reps would be okay filming uh, filming and press so close together unless Hemsworth okayed it himself. Is this common? Oh, it's absolutely common. Yes. Um, when you... It's just about scheduling, right? When you sign up to do a movie, you plan and schedule around the actor's already pre-existing commitments, right? So Hemsworth can easily leave set for a day and then they can shoot other stuff, go do the full press day for one thing, come back, film, 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 and then take an evening off one day to fly out to do Jimmy Kimmel, then fly back. It's it's actually not uncommon at all. So he they can absolutely pull that off. I'm sure he won't be doing every single um, every every single press event that they do because they have a lot of other casts that can cover that as well. But he will do a lot of it. And this is not uncommon for big movie stars to do this. All right. Thanks for sending that in, Sam. All right. Uh, next up, Raphael Castillo writes. I'm with you about X actor for X role, but I do very much like the idea of Taron Egerton as Wolverine. I do too. Now, that being said, there are probably six or seven other actors you could mention to me that I go, oh yeah, they'd be really good for that too. But Taron Egerton is absolutely one of them. Terrific performer. I love that I've seen him on screen with Hugh Jackman already and Eddie the Eagle. He's clearly got the physique for it. So uh, yeah, I'd be all for it if it turns out to be that way. All right. <clears throat> Fredo writes, I watched Black Phone last night and I loved it. I love that movie too. And Anne hasn't seen it yet. I'm taking Anne to go see it tomorrow night. She's been really excited to see that one. I'm glad you liked it, Fredo. Ron H. writes, Hey, John, happy Independence Day and happy birthday to me. Oh, happy birthday to you, Ron. Love spending some of the day watching the John Campy show. Did you watch RRR? Thanks again for all you do and having a show today. I have not seen RRR yet. <clears throat> I am one 
100% committed to watching RRR. Anne wants to watch it too. I'm 100% committed to watching this. I just haven't had a chance to do so yet, but I will watch it this week. I will watch Triple R this week. I will get around to it. And happy birthday again to you, Ron. May you have a fabulous day and a fabulous year ahead of you, man. All right. Uh, let's see. Next up. Um, that was Ron H. Al Renshaw writes, what's your ideal barbecue plate? Burgers, hot dogs, pulled pork, or bratwurst as meats? Corn on the cob, baked beans, mac and cheese, etc." I, I don't like vegetables on the grill. That's just me. I don't like vegetables of any kind on the grill. Um, you know what? It's different. Doing barbecue at home, I'm kind of classic. Burgers and hot dogs. When I go into a barbecue restaurant, when I go into a barbecue restaurant, that's when I want something different. That's when I like the whether it's the pulled pork or it's the brisket or, you know, all that kind of stuff. But at home, I just like good old fashioned uh, hot dogs and barbecue. All right. Next up, uh, Johnny Got Lost writes, did you see the Namor images? He looks awesome. Love the Aztec design. Yeah, I think it's a very interesting design. But again, <clears throat> I have seen nothing that affirms that that's actually real. I've seen a lot of people sharing the image, but as I dig into the sources of where they're getting it from, I haven't seen anything that verifies its validity. So while I think it looks good, I'm not going to get terribly excited for, about it until I find out if it's actually real or not, because right now I haven't seen any proof that it's real. I'm not saying it's not real. Don't misquote me. I'm just saying I haven't seen any evidence yet to suggest that it is real. So I'm not going to get not going to let myself get too worked up about it until I see that it is. All right. Sam Fisher writes. John, uh, with no Rob there, uh, what are your thoughts on Strange New Worlds? I'm loving it so much. I think this is the only episodic prestige show on air right now. Well, I disagree with that. But I got to tell you, man, I really like this show. This is really terrific. Um, I think it's the best Star Trek show. Like, you know, I like Discovery and I like Picard. But, but this is like the definitive star wars show i think that's on air right now i think they're doing a great job with it sam all right next up omar ovo writes john do you think spider-man 2 belongs in the top 10 comic book films i do lower on the list but it's just it's it, people forget about it because it's been a long time but there for many years it was the best comic book film ever made i believe there's still a place for it in the top 10 all right, Dwayne Cinema. Thanks for writing that in, Omar. Uh, uh, Dwayne Cinema writes, how about that Stranger Things guitar solo gave me chills? Again, it reminded me a lot of um, freaking Mad Max Fury Road. It reminded me a lot of Mad Max Fury Road, but still, it was great. It was very metal. I thought it was wonderful. All right, uh, Jedediah Elias sends in a $50 super chat. Jedediah, thank you so much for supporting our show on that level, man. Super appreciate that. And Jedediah writes, I need to see John's live reaction to Black Adam in case Superman shows up. LOL. Thanks for doing a show today on the 4th of July, John. So I have something to listen uh, listen to tomorrow at work. Tell me get through my shift. Favorite 4th of July theme movie. Again, I since I'm not American, um, 4th of July doesn't mean much to me. Um, like, obviously... Canada Day, other poly, but because I am Canadian, right? I'm not American. So I, I don't even keep a list in my head about what are and what are not 4th of July themed movies. I mean, the I mean, 
obviously there's Independence Day. Obviously, I mentioned the Tom Cruise movie Born on the Fourth of July. Honestly, I can't think of um, I, I can't think of any others off the top of my head. But again, that's just because I'm not American. If you asked one of my I, I, if the cast were here today, if Chris and Rob and Ray, they could probably give a better answer. But I can on that. Anyway, Jedediah, thank you again for for tipping in so much and sponsoring our show on that level. We appreciate that very, very much. And I hope you have a great shift tomorrow. All right. Next up. We got Itzanti, who writes, what did you think about the mashup between running up that hill and the Stranger Things music in the Stranger Things 4 version 2 finale? It made the entire season for me and got me got me racing. I'll be honest with you, Itzanti, I didn't even notice it. I didn't even notice it. I had no idea. So now I'm going to have to go online somewhere and find that mashup. By the way, somebody wrote to me, while the UFC was going on, they were right to me. Somebody came in. One of the UFC fighters at this past, uh, 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 yesterday's, uh, yesterday? Two days ago. Uh, UFC, one of the fighters came in to running up that hill. Like, that's how popular Stranger Things is right now. That actually even influenced people coming into that music. All right. Um, next up, we've got, where are we at here? We're at Kevin Irving, who writes, Happy 4th, John. Hope you're having a great day. I am having a great day. Thank you. Have you seen that Nickelodeon is doing an anthology series for Are You Afraid of the Dark? Apparently, the new season is titled Ghost Island. Um, <clears throat> I know nothing about it. I don't know anything about um, either Nickelodeon. I, I mean, again, just growing up, I mean, we didn't have Nickelodeon in Canada, so that wasn't even a thing. And I also really don't know much about... Um, are you afraid of the dark? I really don't know much about either. So unfortunately, uh, number one, no, I haven't been able to pay attention to that. So I, I didn't hear that they're doing a season on that. And number two, I wouldn't really know much about it anyway. So uh, yeah, unfortunately, but I'm sure many of you guys who are watching are familiar with Nickelodeon. You probably are uh, familiar with Are You Afraid of the Dark? So maybe throw in your thoughts to Kevin Irving there and let him know what you think about them doing that. All right. Thanks for writing that in, Kevin. All right. <clears throat> next. Ricardo Mazga just sends in a super chat to be supportive. Thank you, Ricardo. Appreciate that, man. Uh, jumping over elephant faces, right? Uh, what were your thoughts on Umbrella Academy? I am now four episodes into Umbrella Academy, so I still have a bunch to go. I'm four episodes in. Here's my thoughts right now. <clears throat> the one thing I don't like is, yet again, the season is about stopping the apocalypse. This is the third season, third time. The whole point is stopping the apocalypse. <clears throat> I wish they had found something else to make as the center of the season. That said, I'm still really liking it. I'm still really liking it a lot. Um, I think the, the, the character of them they've got, I love the Sparrow stuff that's going on. I love the stuff that they're doing with the dad. Um, I'm enjoying it a great deal. I'm not going to say it's my favorite season so far. Again, only four episodes in, but I'm really enjoying it so far. All right. Uh, Josie Reviews writes, The Rock, I hear you. I got you. Variety tomorrow. Kevin Hart spotted getting fitted for Superman. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> with the way those two are attached at the hip right now, it wouldn't be the most surprising thing, Josie. But uh, 
Yeah, I, I think I think as much as he is fond of working with Kevin Hart, I think we are safe. And as much as I like Kevin Hart, <clears throat> I think we are safe from Kevin Hart playing Superman. I, I think we're okay with that, Josie. All right, next up. Mike's Movie Madness writes, Happy 4th, John, and happy belated Canada Day. Any exciting plans for the holiday? Yeah, actually, <coughs> um, today we have a whole bunch of friends uh, and family coming over to the house. Anne is back there right now. A little perturbed that I'm not there to helping her get the house ready, although I've been getting the house ready over the last few days. I've been, I've been putting in. Um, yeah, not totally thrilled that I'm here working today, but no, tonight we have a whole bunch of people. One of the cool things about our house let me see if i can bring this up and this is where it really comes in handy um during like fourth of july <clears throat> here uh, yeah let me bring up this picture so here's a picture of our backyard and as you can see <clears throat> our backyard ann and i moved in we bought our first house last year and this is the house we live in so as you can see the backyard is elevated about um 20 feet 20 25 feet up and we have a um there's a golf course <clears throat> there's a golf course that our backyard overlooks and as you can see we can see like the entire valley right so we got you can see the city scape back there you can see the downtown cityscape we can see the entire va valley so what's really cool is that on the 4th of July, we actually can see a lot of fireworks going out from, <clears throat> from our backyard. We can see a whole bunch of fireworks. And by the way, you can see right, right, right here, there's my, there's my a little dog, one of my two dogs, Lily, standing right there. Anyway, so from the backyard, we can actually have a really good view of a bunch of different fireworks displays that go off around, uh, around the county. So for the 4th of July, this is our second 4th of July being in the house. Uh, so we have a whole bunch of friends and family come over and we swim and barbecue and hang out and whatever. And then we stand out on the deck and we watch the, uh, we watch the fireworks go off. So yeah, <clears throat> I love our new house. Again, I waited a long damn time to own my first house. <laughs> Most people own their first homes long before I ever did, but this was our first house that we bought and we moved in there, like I said, about a year and a half ago and we really, really love it. All right. Anyway, with that, let's keep going here. Next up, uh, we've got, that was Mike. <clears throat> Dr. J writes, I was irritated by the old Warner Brothers. I, let me try this again. I was irritated by the old Warner Brothers handling of the Black Adam project. Can I believe David Zaslav signed off in a Superman post-credit scene? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, listen, there have been whispers granted just whispers there have been whispers that <clears throat> zaslav is pro bringing henry cavill back now there was a false report going around recently that david zaslav has instructed his executives to work on getting henry cavill back that was not true that was fake <clears throat> what the actual story said that they were all quoting was that someone inside Warner Brothers thinks that Zaslav should direct his executives to get 
a Henry Cavill thing, right? It never said David Zaslav would actually do that. And unfortunately, a lot of websites ran with a fake story that they didn't bother to pay attention. That's not what they were saying. But uh, but there have still been with none, none. Nonetheless, there have still been whispers that Zaslav wants to get Henry Cavill Superman back. But I have no way of knowing if that's valid or not. I don't know if that's true. So I'll just do the same as everybody else, Dr. J. I'll just keep my fingers crossed. All right. <clears throat> Next up, uh, we've got Joseph Sanchez who writes, watch the first two episodes of For All Mankind and I'm hooked. Um, got Apple TV just for it and I'm happy with it. I'll tell you what, I remember when Ray showed me the first couple of episodes for All Mankind, instantly got hooked. Just like you, Joseph, I got completely hooked on it, instantly attached to it. I have not started watching the new season yet. I haven't had a chance to watch the new season yet, but I will get to that soon enough. But you're absolutely right, man. It's a great show. If you haven't tried checking it out, get on Apple TV Plus, check out For All Mankind. I think you're going to like it. I think Rob said it's like his favorite show on TV right now. All right. Um, Crashing Coyote. Oh, that says two of two. Was there a one of two for Crashing Coyote? Did I miss something? I don't know. Maybe it comes after it. Um, let me see if I can find where I was at again. Uh, maybe it comes later. Yeah, there it is. Crashing Cody, one of two. Right, John. Uh, also, oh, there we go. <clears throat> John, I think you need to rethink your mindset about all that matters is getting a talented actor. That is way too simple. For instance, Ryan Reynolds is a talented actor, but he wouldn't be the best fit to play Rosa Parks or Andre the Giant in a film. Also, uh, read Vought 4th of July tweet on Homeland. Oh, I haven't seen that. Okay, look. But with any basic rule crashing, there are also common sense exceptions, Right? There's always common sense exceptions. Um, <clears throat> that's like saying, well, you shouldn't tell somebody to get some sun because if they lay out in the sun for 10 hours, they could get really badly sunburned. Well, I mean, yeah, but telling somebody they should get some sun, you know, help your body produce vitamin D, all that kind of stuff. It's all good for you, right? But obviously there are some common sense things. Obviously, if you want to go to a hyper, 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 hyper extreme and say, well, Ryan Reynolds is a great actor, therefore he, you know, he can play in a role. Oh, but should he play Rosa Parks? Well, obviously not. Obviously not. Um, so, I mean, that goes without saying, but everybody knows it. Like, that's just basic common sense and extreme hyperbole example. 99% of the rest of the time, just the guideline of just get a talented actor is the best. Now, what you what I have had people say back to me is, well, John, what about getting somebody who's the right fit? Well, yeah, but here's the thing. You don't know who would be a right fit because you haven't read the script. Neither have I. Again, think about the Joker, right? When they announced that Heath Ledger was going to be Joker in The Dark Knight. Everybody hated it. But they never read the script. They were probably still thinking about Jack's. They were, everybody was thinking about Jack Nicholson's Joker. It's like Heath Ledger wouldn't be a good fit for that. Well, you're right. Heath Ledger would not have been a good fit for Jack Nicholson's Joker. 
The problem was, while everybody was hating on the casting, nobody had actually read the script. Nobody actually knew what Christopher Nolan had in mind for this character. And therefore, only Christopher Nolan knew that Heath Ledger was a good fit for it. It's just like Reed Richards. Everybody, th everybody has their own idea about what Reed Richards would be like, but the reality is you haven't read the Fantastic Four script and neither have I. And that's why I just say, look, since I haven't read the script and I don't know all the nuance you have going into this Reed Richards character, all I care about then is, are you going to cast a talented actor? It's all that matters. It's all that matters. That's why you can cast a six foot three pretty boy song and dance Broadway guy in Hugh Jackman because they knew that this guy's actually a great fit for the way we've written this character. He's a great fit for it. We didn't know that, but they knew that. So yes, there's always going to be some hyper, 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 extreme like you can go say, well, John, Danny DeVito can't play Hercules. Well, I mean, obviously Danny DeVito can't play Hercules, but that's just a common sense, super hyper extreme example. The rest of the 99%, I think the basic rule of we as fans should just be looking for, hey, studio, we don't know what the script is. We don't know how you're writing that character specifically. So all we ask, since we don't know who would be the best fit or not, all we ask is just make sure whoever you cast, just make sure they are a really gifted, talented performer. That's all we can ask, man. That's all we can ask. All right. Next up, uh, Ultan writes, is Cavill your favorite actor to have played Superman? Also, let's not forget the S stands for hope. Oh, yes, the S stands for hope. Um, man, listen, I'm a big Brandon Routh fan. I, I have loved Brandon Routh in everything he's done. I, I just, I think he's a special performer. I really like him a lot. Uh, obviously Christopher Reeve, not only was he the original Superman on the big screen, that is, uh, but he was also in my second all time favorite comedy film noises off love Christopher Reeve, but yeah, I think it's safe to say that Henry Cavill is my favorite actor to play Superman. I, again, I ran down the laundry list, uh, mission impossible man from uncle, uh, uh, the tutors. Um, he's just, he's just a really exceptional performer. And so I just say, yeah, I think he's probably my favorite. All right. Um, next up, where are we at? Yeah. Uh, Dwayne cinema writes, I'd like to officially announce that I became a member as an actor. Well, thank you, man. I appreciate that. Thank you for joining our memberships. And guys, big thank you to all you guys who are members of the channel. It is awesome. And thanks for participating in the town halls that we do and the Q&As. And of course, you guys get mailbags and other videos early, uh, earlier than everybody else. So thank you so much for supporting us that way, Dwayne. Appreciate it, man. All right. Uh, Idzanti writes, <coughs> I think I'm uh, sorry. Let me try this again. I think Netflix did Umbrella Academy dirty with launching the season three days before Stranger Things. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, that's the thing about today with 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 the way things work today, particularly on streaming. It's not like the olden days where if you had one show on at eight o'clock on CBS and another show at 8 o'clock on NBC, but that show on NBC is the biggest show in the world, then you are pretty much screwing over your CBS show by putting it on at the same time. But today, viewing habits are different, right? People watch 
at different times and in different ways. So I don't know. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying I'm not sure that viewing habits today really make that true. I mean, you might be right. You might be right. I, I just, I'm not 100% sure about that. Thanks for sharing your thoughts on that, Azante. Appreciate that, man. All right. <clears throat> Will the Beast writes, I'm hopeful too for Cavill as Superman and Black Adam, but as Ted Lasso taught us, it's the hope that kills you. So I'll remain cautiously optimistic. Happy 4th and what an Independence Day 4 if camp is, and what uh, ID 4 if camp is in. I'm not at all sure what it is you mean by that, but I will say this, Wildebeest, I 100% agree with you. You used the right phrase, cautiously optimistic. That's the phrase I should have used. I I do not mean, I'm sorry, I do not think that Dwayne The Rock Johnson has just confirmed that he's there. I'm not going to go in and expecting that he's going to be there, but perfect phrase, man, cautiously optimistic, Wildebeest. That's what I'm going to go into it with. All right, next up, future millionaire writes, Saw Black Phone yesterday with my date. Neither of us liked it too much, uh, to be honest. Oh, that's unfortunate. But listen, man, that's the reality of movies. That's the subjectivity of movies. You know, everybody will have their own unique experience with a piece of art. Art hits us all in different, unique ways. So you can get two people like you and me watching the same movie. And for me, it hits me in such a way that I had a really good time watching it. But it may not hit you in the same way. That doesn't mean I'm right and you're wrong. Not at all. It just means we had different experiences with it. So I'm sorry you didn't have as good of experience with it as I did, man. All right. Next up. Dan's Productions writes, I really enjoyed watching Stranger Things. Me too, man. And, and again, I like watching Stranger Things, but this was the first time I like loved it. Like a, <coughs> like the first time that when an episode would end, I'd be like, next, 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 play the next episode. Like this is the first time I really got into it that much. I'm glad you liked it, Dan's. All right. Uh, Kurt writes, hello, John, who do you think James Cameron has in mind to take over for him? If he needs an avatar break, Robert Rodriguez? No, I don't think so. Um, honestly, I, I, I don't know. I, and I don't care. I mean, <sighs> James Cameron hasn't had the best luck of getting other directors to direct his movies, Right. Like that Terminator movie didn't turn out so great. Um, Alita Battle Angel, while I liked it, <clears throat> obviously didn't have all the success that it could have had. Um, so I don't know. Um, but here's the thing. It's, it's so many years away. I don't know that he would have anybody in mind for it at this point, but we'll have to wait and see. All right. Liverpool writes, uh, Nia DaCosta pitched Galactus and Silver Surfer for... CM2. I'm not quite sure what that is. Um, I'd have to I'd have to read a report on it to see what we're talking about. All right, thanks for sending that in Liverpool. Next up, uh, Rock Lee just sends in a super chat to be supportive. And guys, that'll do it for today's installment, <coughs> which is about as much as my throat can take today. That'll do it for today's installment of the John Campy Show. Thank you so much for being here, guys, and making this show part of your day. Big special thanks to all you guys who sent in those super chats, number one, because it gave us great fun things to talk about. But number two, you supported this channel as you did it. And all of us involved with the John Campus Show, thank you guys so much for your support. And again, guys, thank you so much for being so patient with me today and putting up with uh, putting up with my cough and all that kind of stuff. It really means a lot uh, that you guys tolerated me as I went through that. 
All right, guys, don't forget, the John Campia Show returns again tomorrow. You'll have me and Robert and the rest of the gang. Chris Carr will not be here. If you guys follow Chris Carr on social media, uh, you will see that she posted on Twitter that while she was on vacation last week, her and Logan got the COVID. Uh, so she's going to be out for the rest of the week. I got somebody coming in to fill in her chair tomorrow. So all of our best wishes here to Chris Carr, speedy recovery. Uh, but the rest of us will be back again tomorrow, and we hope you will come and join us for that, guys. All right, that'll do it for me for now, guys. Thanks a lot for being here. My name's John Campia, and until next time, my friends, bye-bye.